This is Shades of Green Energy, Austin's live green talk radio show with your hosts, John Hoffner, Deborah Dubay, and Reed Sternberg. We're live on 91.7 FM KOOP Hornsby, Austin, Thursdays from 1 to 2 p.m. and streaming live online at KOOP.org. Get program information and download past shows at shadesofgreenenergy.org. The views expressed here are not necessarily the views of KOOP Radio, its board of directors, volunteers, staff, or underwriters. Today we are going to be talking about the Texas Green Network as well as the Green Chamber, which is based in San Francisco. And we did a lot of research when we started the Texas Green Network back at the beginning of 2008. And when we formed the Texas Green Network, the, uh, the Green Chamber out of San Francisco was the only other entity that predated it that we know of to this, to this day. And so we've got essentially representatives of the first two Green Chambers of Commerce in Texas. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the general concept of what a Green Chamber is and talking to Alexa Marcoux, who's a board member and is going to be representing the Green Chamber out of San Francisco today, as well as Paul Severin, the other founder of the Texas Green Network, along with myself. So we're going to kick it off with a little conversation about with Alexa and the Green Chamber concept in general, then we'll be taking it over to the Texas Green Network conversation and sharing some info with you guys about an event that's going on that we're really excited about that is the 50th Texas Green Network event going on Wednesday, August 31st at the Bar Mansion. And so we'll get into some more details about that shortly here. Uh, But let's first start off by bringing in Alexa Marcoux and uh, introducing her. So Alexa, are you on the line with us now? I am Reed. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Wonderful. We have we Great. have contact. So Alexa, <laughs> you know, you probably heard my introduction there and talked a little bit about how you guys really are the first Green Chamber, and we have the distinction of being the second one, at least as far as we know about. But um, <laughs> share with us a little bit, first of all, a little bit about yourself and how you got into uh, the Green Chamber and how you became involved with that, and then maybe we could talk a little bit about what the Green Chamber in San Francisco is. Thanks, Reed. I'd love to. And I just want to take a moment to congratulate you on your incredible success and in celebrating your 50th event here is, is really impressive. So well, thank really you. great, yeah. great job. It's great to be in this community with you. So I got involved with the Green Chamber of Commerce because my business is a certified green business. Um, we offer the unique perspective of uh, being a merchant services company that supports credit card processing with accounts and equipment required for businesses to accept credit cards. But we wanted to be a mission-driven company from the get-go. My father and I started the company together, and um, we believe it's extremely important to take your environmental impact and your social impact into account when you're running a business. And so right from the get-go, we decided that we're going to Uh, offset our energy use, we're going to compost our lunch waste, we're going to go paperless as much as possible and just really operate with care and concern for the environment. And in so doing, you know, we had the the benefit of of being up here in the Bay Area, Um, but we realized that the typical Chamber of Commerce mixers were really not great places for us to meet new clients because people were really um, not mission aligned with us at all and you know they really didn't care about the fact that you know we operated with care and concern for the environment and they were trying to sell us their products you know and we didn't want to buy you know you know 
paint with VOC mm-hmm. and, you know, carpet that was made from toxic materials. And so it really just wasn't a good fit. And that's when we came across the Green Chamber and we thought, oh, this is perfect. This is going to be a network of like-minded companies who, you know, we can share ideas with, we can, you know, enjoy connecting with, and, and it just really made a lot of sense right, from, right as soon as we found out about them. And after attending a few of the meetings, um, I just got really excited about the organization and, and had the opportunity to apply for a board position and just completely jumped, you know, at the chance. And I've been on the board for, gosh, about two years now, and I'm currently in the position of vice president. And it's been a, a real joy to see the organization grow and, and get stronger and just really be part of this national movement, you know, and representing an alternative voice to the National Chamber of Commerce. Right. And and I know from experience, it's a, it can be a very rewarding, a rewarding experience to be a part of building something like that. So kudos to you mm-hmm. for, for helping grow the Green Chamber of Commerce in San Francisco. Now, I understand that the Green Chamber out of San Francisco has a little bit of a different model from, from ours here in Texas in that you guys are building chapters around the country. Uh, is that still the case? And can you share with me a little bit about how that all works? Oh, yeah. Thank you, Reed. Um, you know, our goal is to, is to facilitate a unified voice against, well, I should say, in support of environmental policy, which, as we all know, the National Chamber of Commerce is very vehemently anti-environmental policy. That's the and win. That, yes. Feel, you know, as, as has you know, been the, the recent campaign, the, Green, the National Chamber doesn't speak for me, right? So we wanted to be able to provide that voice. And a way to do that was to, um, you know, consider expanding nationally. And as the Years have gone on, and, and more organizations, you know, like the Texas Green Network, and like there's a Green Chamber of the South in Atlanta, and there's uh, there's Green Chambers in Phoenix, and you know, Green Chambers are popping up all over the place, you know, since since you and I, you know, first started this way back when, and well, I shouldn't say I started it, but since you know we it, right been, since our respective organizations, organizations did right <laughs> exactly. So, you know, we've, we've actually just very recently stepped back and thought, you know, rather than kind of push our brand, you know, the, the Green Chamber of Commerce, and try to establish these chapters around the country under this brand, which some people can see as a little bit competitive when it comes to, you know, member dues, and um, there's so many green organizations, you know, we wouldn't want to, you know, fracture any kind of community that's already been built. We've been considering more of an alliance standpoint mm-hmm. oh, nice. that we can utilize the um, organizations that have already been created that know the local community so well that are interested in the same things we're interested in and really work on collaborating together. So our executive director is actually meeting with some folks down in Southern California, um, particularly there's a strong green chamber in San Diego, to talk about what it could look like to form an alliance versus setting up these local chapters. Now, I do want to say we have got an incredibly strong um, local chapter in Las Vegas. Uh Uh-huh. 
the chapter of the Green Chamber, and that went extremely well. The, the folks there are so amazing. Um, they just took the concept and just ran with it, and they've got a really vibrant, really successful chapter. But, you know, it does take a lot of resources um, from from us in here in San Francisco to kind of get a chapter up and going. And we've been very fortunate that the folks in Las Vegas have really just taken it and run with it. But, you know, we can see that it's, it'll take more support in other cases. So that's where we're also recognizing that, you know, we, if by forming this alliance we can achieve the goal of a unified voice, have a more collaborative versus, you know, potentially competitive standpoint, and also be able to focus our resources in building an extremely strong Bay Area organization. Okay. And so, you know, Las Vegas stands out in my mind as a place that mm-hmm. among that probably could use a green chamber more than anybody else. And I'm sure that <laughs> everybody, every local geography, I'm sure, has their own challenges, their own kind of makeup of the community mm-hmm. and of the business community as a whole. You know, one thing mm-hmm. that Texas Green Network has found ourselves in the unique position of is that as an evolution over the last few years, we have not just been a connecting point for other businesses, for green businesses, but also for the leadership of other environmental organizations. And I would suspect that there's some of that Mm -hmm. that's gone on with your green chamber too. Um, You know, we're specifically focused on the economic aspect of bringing sustainability to the mainstream. And that really has to be a partnership, not just among businesses, but also among the the influencers that are in support of environmental legislation and so many mm-hmm. other things that, you know, you can't be, you can't just be on an Island and think of yourself as a separate entity with regard to the economic mission. Um, and on that note, actually, do you have in front of you or, or can you paraphrase for us kind of what the stated mission of the green chamber is? Is there, is there a, a mission statement that you could share with us or paraphrase? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, we are a member-based organization that is a growing and diverse business network dedicated to promoting the success of our members, supporting the development of sustainable business practices, and advocating for green public policy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and that has some things in common with ours. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so, do you have the opportunity to engage with a lot of other environmental organizations, too, as opposed to the business community exclusively? Yeah, yeah, thanks. That's a great point. We absolutely do. Um, for instance, we're working with um, the California Clean Cars Campaign Advisory Committee on legislation um, around changing the California Air Resources Board consideration of the California Clean Cars Program, for example. Um, we also work really closely with B Corporation, B as in benefit, where we are actively lobbying in support of AB 361, Assembly Bill 361, to pass benefit corporation corporate law here in California and testified on behalf um, of that legislation in the Assembly and the Senate. It's actually on the way to the governor's desk um, as we speak. And, um, and various other, other environmental organizations, you know, Green America, um, we really, really seek to partner so that we can bring the strength of our membership to, you know, the initiatives that we know our members want supported that these other organizations have done the due diligence on and they've brought it forth, you know, either as proposed legislation or something that we want to get turned into legislation. Great. So, and, and yeah, Green, go ahead. I don't know if you know about the American Sustainable Business Council, ASBC. Yes, we do, yeah. 
Actually, yeah, I've uh, been in touch it. with them this week, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they, they've oh, been trying to facilitate a meeting with the Texas Green Network. Well, tell us about them. Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead and share. share. Oh, yeah, they, they're a fabulous organization that has done a fantastic job of recognizing the strength of existing organizations that are already built, like the Texas Green Network, like the Green Chamber of Commerce, so that they, they focus on identifying uh, environmental policy at the national level that these member-based organizations would be interested in supporting. So they basically do all the work with identifying the campaigns, um, creating the calls to actions, creating the fact sheets, creating all the information you need to assess whether or not your member base would be in support of this. And then they give you all the tools to do that support, so to write letters and to um, appear, you know, on behalf of new legislation and lobbying and testifying person. And so they're, they're really doing a great job in providing the access to the, um, the policy that's important for us all to focus on and kind of doing all the legwork and then leveraging our networks to garner that support and show, you know, on, on a national level that, you know, green businesses are in support of this, this particular legislation that they propose. So it sounds like a support organization for nonprofits to help with messaging and infrastructure? Um, Say that again? It sounds kind of like an organization that supports nonprofits by helping with messaging and infrastructure to bring their message forward. Is that an an okay paraphrase? Yes, Yes, absolutely, exactly. Yep, they do the the heavy lifting with regard to, you know, sifting through the new policies and what it, what the impact is to business and, and organizations. And yep. And then they deliver that message and, and allow, I mean, it really, it's, they're creating the, the knowledge, you know, around these policies and then disseminating it out to their members who then disseminate it out to their members. So really leveraging, you know, this the member-based organizational model and providing the content so that, we can stay abreast of what policy is really important for us to get behind where, and that allows, you know, on the national level, and that allows us to really focus on the local level. Like here, we got really involved with um, the country's first opt-in ordinance for yellow page um, phone book distribution. You know, that was a citywide ordinance, but the Green Chamber was able to really focus on it, you know, on behalf of the business community and at the same time have this national level information coming in from ASBC, you know, so it really helped conserve our resources and let us do a lot, you know, all at once. It sounds like an organization I need to get a little more familiar with, as with the Green Chamber uh, out of San Francisco, too. We're talking with Alexa Marcu, who is a board member of the Green Chamber of Commerce based in San Francisco a similar organization to the Texas Green Network that we're also talking about today. And uh, we're going to go ahead and go to a break now, but we're going to come back. And Alexa, we'd love for you to stay on the line with us. And we're back with Shades of Green Energy, Austin's live green talk radio from Austin, Texas. And thanks for listening with us today. We uh, just got done talking for a few minutes with Alexa Marcoux of the Green Chamber out of San Francisco. And the reason why we're on the topic of Green Chambers of Commerce in general today 
is partially because the timing of it is that we are at the Texas Green Network celebrating our 50th event, which for us is a momentous occasion that we're so excited to share with everybody. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that before we go on to our open conversation and talk a little bit with Paul Severin, who is the other founder of the Texas Green Network, along with myself. So this coming Wednesday, August 31st, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m., we're going to be having our 50th TGN event at the Bar Mansion. And the Bar Mansion, who have been just wonderful hosts for us, as I mentioned earlier, a zero-waste facility and first organic certified facility in the U.S. Um, we're not going to have any topic this month. Uh, we're just going to have a celebration of accomplishments and just kind of an open conversation, as well as uh, an interesting uh bunch of sponsors this month. So our speakers are going to be Kathy Tovo, Austin City Council member, as well as Tom Smitty-Smith, the director of Public Citizen in Texas. And we're going to be hearing from them just with some feedback, commentary, and whatever else may be hot in their minds. Uh, then we're, going to, we're also going to have a raffle with I, some items donated by Little Miss Recycle, Eco Clean, Non-Toxic Dry Cleaning and Laundry, Cocoa Petals, and Austin Nuts. And then uh, here's the part that really went over the top this, this time around. Um, we're actually going to be having a local pizza showcase featuring pizza from local folks, Promise Pizza, The Brick Oven, Conan's Pizza, and our hosts, The Bar Mansion. And they're all going to be showing off their wares uh, at the event uh, with, uh, with a wide variety of kinds of pizza. And then on top of that, we've also got... Uh, Delish Cupcakes, who's uh, obviously providing cupcakes, but uh, vegan cheesecake from Nurturus, and uh, beverages including iced teas from Sessa Teas and Main Root Sodas, uh, and as well as some beer and wine sponsors that are yet to be named. So we'll, we'll figure that out here in the next few days. Uh, I'd like to also make a special thank you to Michelle Plue of Little Miss Recycle. Uh, she's our new Austin Events Committee chair, and her team has been doing a wonderful job in helping pull together sponsors. We are a completely nonprofit organization that really depends on the sponsors. So we're really happy to have Michelle leading our team of folks that recruit uh, those sponsors. And man, they really went over the top this month. So thank you, Michelle and your team and everybody for, for, uh, for pulling together such a, such a lineup. Uh, so again, that's the, the details on next Wednesday, August 31st. And if anyone out there is looking for more information on it, you can get that at texasgreennetwork.org uh, and you'll find uh, some more details about the event. Um, so now I'd like to go ahead and uh, turn the conversation to Paul Severin, who is, along with myself, he's the other co-founder of the Texas Green Network. And we're old friends that go way back to college and even to some degree high school. And uh, we founded it together. So I'd like to get a little bit of background from you, Paul, and just tell our listeners a little bit about how Paul came to be involved in, in, in uh, that story. Thanks a lot, Reed. It's great to be here. Uh, my dad always said I had a face for radio, so I get a chance to utilize it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good one. That'll that be good. stolen very quickly, I know. Um, but anyway, the, um, the good news is, is that the Green Chamber and the public's interest within... Um, having sustainable practices, not only within their own personal life, but businesses recognizing that it can still be profitable to uh, make those choices and to be aware of them is the main reason that we uh, initiated this endeavor uh, three years ago. And we've had a lot of, you know, ups and downs with it, but it has been a very receptive um, 
organization that continues to draw uh, accolades and members and more people to uh, get us um, more of the recognition and just the thought process that goes along with making sure that sustainability and the choices that are being made within a business is uh, being kept at the forefront above, not necessarily above profits, but that it can still play within a business to be profitable and to make those right choices. Coexist side by side, so to speak. You know what? That's a, you just gave me a great lead into going ahead and telling, sharing with our listeners what the mission statement is of Texas Green Network. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start with that real quick here. Uh, the, the mission statement has two parts. It's basically to support and develop the growth of green and sustainable businesses in Texas, and also to accelerate the adoption of sustainable business practices in the Texas business community as a whole. And so uh, as a conduit, kind of a connecting point for both of those types of businesses, not just the folks that provide the services, which tend to be the ones that, that join up with us first, the ones that are looking for uh, a place to you know share their business, grow their business, and make connections. Uh, but also for the businesses that are looking on to take those initiatives and looking to become more sustainable in how they operate. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, you know, I know that your environmental, uh, not, not necessarily, conscious. not necessarily interest because I, as you know, I grew up with a family that had that drilled into me from day one, Very much. you know, the iconic hippie childhood as I refer to it. But, mm-hmm. but I know that as far as your personal knowledge and getting to know a lot about it, it actually predates my, my exploration of all that. So, you know, tell us a little bit about how that came to be for you. Always finding a niche of something that is up and coming within businesses, normally what businesses look for, what is, what is the next best thing? So you and I both had our time in high tech industry. Well, there are a lot of products that they produce that do not have beneficial materials that once it is being disposed and we do live in a disposable society that are not being taken into account. Um, that opens up a wide range of other services that need to come about. Um, and then we also have our own personal health and our personal life too. So we take that into account when we, when we do business. This has been a great exploration for both of us over the last three years to be able to meet um, the leaders of that type of environmental thinking within the central Texas area to learn and to explore more as a result. So that's improved myself in my personal life, and I've helped to influence other businesses to make those right choices. And I'm very pleased that a lot of them are already doing it through their own initiative, making sure that they have... um, to-go containers, for example, that are recyclable and uh, to make choices that are for insulation and realizing that just turning off lights and being conscious of it, it's everybody's job and that it relates back to that. That's just a mindset uh, that comes about. Businesses, you know, in fact, have put profits before people and not really thinking about it until there's a backlash of that. Um, And then they start thinking in terms of how they help their own employees and the society around them because to survive, you have to be able to be sustainable. Sorry to keep using that phrase over and over again. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, so one thing that I think that a lot of people think of when they think of green business and when they picture who might be our members, they think of some of the more obvious things. They think of solar panels going onto houses. They think of green building and a few other things like that. And one thing that I'd like to point out to listeners that are maybe new to the concept of a green chamber of commerce is that this touches so many other areas of business 
than you than those obvious things. And the membership of TGN includes just such a wide range of different types of businesses that may not have even occurred to you. For example, a water company, uh, Greater Texas Water Company is an example that I often mention, who has a process for distilling drinking water on site rather than transporting huge bottles of water everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you can take your tap water. Uh, Another example is Verger Investments, our, our, our friends Barbara Jackson and Chris Moisios, who uh, specialize in helping folks make their investments in companies conscious portfolios, exactly. conscious companies, sustainable businesses, and and companies that are you know. So there are so many different ways that anybody's business. If you're a business owner or manager and you're listening today and you're thinking this does not apply to me. I would ask you to re- reconsider. <laughs> it, <laughs> well, it affects every aspect of business, and and uh, that's something that we've come upon and increased awareness as we've gone. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you also uh, try to engage not so much just the people that provide green products and green ideas. You're trying to connect with people that need that, right? Businesses that can implement that yeah. program within their their business. Definitely, and that's an evolution because when you start something like this, the immediate folks, the people that jump on quickly are the ones that are looking to promote their own businesses, that are looking to grow their businesses. Right. So those are the earlier adopters. But as it grows and evolves, I think it becomes much more valuable as you get both sides of that type of, of you know, both types of companies coming to the table. And people do yeah. come together in the way of those businesses, but you also have to be mindful too of greenwashing. I yes. mean, you have, co- you have companies that do come in and they say, oh, well, I want to be branded with this logo and I want to be associated and thought of this. But then you look a little bit farther and you peel back the layers. What you're realizing is, is that uh, there's an onion in there. Uh, <laughs> well, that, now it's that a you bring stinky. that you bring that up, though, uh, it, for both of you, then how do you do you screen your members? Do you make sure that they're well providing what they say they do? We have a member pledge that all members sign uh, when they join on as a member, and that has to do with how they. I wish I had brought in a, brought a printout of the yeah. of the to, but to paraphrase it, it's essentially that we will endeavor to do business in sustainable ways, to be mindful of our impact to the business, and to to consider that a part of every decision process that we make. And, you know, one of the things that I've said from the beginning is that I would like to see a future where these types of decisions taking into account the environment is as standard and as basic as adhering to FASB accounting standards, which everyone does and you have to do when you make accounting decisions. So, so yeah. put that triple bottom line in there. Yeah, right. well, yeah, the human element too. Well, that's a critical part of it is how do you screen your, your members? And I know uh, Deborah and I are both involved in the Texas Renewable Energy Industry Association. In the beginning, it was similar. like It was self-policed, but we also had an ethics committee. And there was actually somebody that was promoting a solar product at one of our solar conferences, and he says, this even makes power at night. It runs off of the sun at night, and we're like, whoa. So anyway, we had to go look into that a little bit. (laughs) But Alexis, you're still with us. I was curious if you could uh, comment on your organization about how you – uh, police or make sure that the or, the people that are in your organization are actually green uh, products and green services. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity because it, it is a fine line, right, where you want to make sure folks are not greenwashing and at the same time encourage people who are really just starting their journey, you know, to become more sustainable. So, um, we have required uh, in the past that they are certified with um, 
an independent agency, like we have a, a, a county program. Um, we also accept Green America certification as well as B Corporation certification. Um, but we do consider it um, more on a case-by-case basis to see if someone has not received that certification, are they on their way? Or, you know, are they just getting started? And if so, how can we help them? Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a mix of, you know, requiring that certification, but then encouraging people to come in who really haven't started yet and then getting them to that level of, of certification as soon as we can. And they have a certain time frame after they've joined within which they have to complete one of those certifications. Is that right? Well, you know, we've, we've tried to say, you know, it's, it's three months, but um, it really does depend on the business. And, you know, I, I don't think we've ever had to kick anyone out. For yeah, reason. yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, and so it, yeah. I, I think things have loosened up a little from what I've read about you guys in the past. It sounds like you guys have had to not be quite stri- as strict on that, it sounds like. Right, exactly. Because, you know, taking the, the attitude of being inclusive to say, okay, we know you can benefit from our educational meetings. We know you can benefit from hearing about the best practices, you yeah. know, from other members. Mm-hmm. And so just really trying to work with the business actively to make sure that they, they are making progress. But like you said, just kind of relaxing a little bit on, on the standards, which, you know, are pretty stringent. I mean, here in San Francisco, if you want to be certified at the county level, and you're leasing office space in a building, you still have to have low-flow toilets throughout the entire building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so, I, and I agree, Alexa. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, so we don't, we don't want that to be a hurdle to joining and learning more and becoming more green. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, we, we've found that it, it really is more important for us to be inclusive and to be a little bit broader in what we accept as a member. Uh, you know, we do have a vetting process. We do include in our membership information that if a company's practices are found to be uh, in conflict with a sustainable future, that we do reserve the right to refund their dues and 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 exit them as a member. We haven't had to do that yet, though. Just like like you guys, we haven't actually had to do that. Um, but. Uh, but it is something to be important, be, uh, be mindful of, because greenwashing is a very common thing when you have so much money going into a new and exciting and growing industry uh, or, or market in general. Um, you are going to have people that are looking to just jump on the bandwagon for profit, and, and it is important for us to stay viable by, by avoiding that. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, uh, we need to take another break. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. And we're going to come back with Alexa Marcu of the green chamber in San Francisco, as well as myself and Paul Severin of the Texas green network. Great. And don't go away. You're listening to shades of green energy here at KOOP 91.7. So we're uh, getting back to the green chamber of commerce conversation. And uh, while we were on the break, Deborah mentioned an important point that I wanted to to bring up. And maybe we can get Alexa to chime in on this as well. But um, when we first started the chamber of commerce here in Texas, the Texas Green Network, uh, one thing that we almost had a hard time defining ourselves as a chamber of commerce. We, mm-hmm. we actually wrestled with that for a little while before we even got to the point where we were willing to use that terminology. And part of that was rooted in the fact that we feel that chambers of commerce in general have a very unsustainable model to them, that there's so many things they engage in. You know, common, you know, one common thing being lobbying for tax incentives, for example, or ways to relocate businesses from one geography to another. 
relocating a business to help grow a local economy is just taking something away from another local economy. And that's not a sustainable model. There's a lot of inefficiency in that. And that's what we felt was what we wrestled with when, when even coming up with that terminology. Do you have any thoughts on that, Alexa, that you'd like to share as far as what the traditional Chamber of Commerce means to you? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we um, <laughs> we have been um, stunned by the anti-environmental stance of the National Chamber of Commerce, you know, calling for uh, scopes like monkey trial to see if uh, global warming actually exists. And there has since been a little bit of turnabout, you know, after um, large members like Nike, you know, left the board and um, some other, sorry, I'm drawing a blank on, on some of the larger, higher profile companies that have left the National Chamber once those practices kind of came to light. Um, they've The National Chamber is a very high um, profile president right now who, you know, wants to fly a bigger jet, you know, because he can. Right, and, right. You know, they, they're one of the biggest lobbying organizations in the country, and they have an immense amount of money and connections and history in working with Washington, and unfortunately taking the antiquated stance that pro-business means anti-environment. And we see them as just really no longer connected to the needs of American business and not representing what these businesses need to thrive in a new economy that's based on transparency and based on uh, on, um, values and based on considering the environment. And so it's just not uh, an, an applicable model. It's not something that's going to boost the success of the economy, it's behind the times, and, um, you know, frankly, it's just, it's not in touch with, with where our economy needs to go in order to get back on its feet and, you know, stop the environmental destruction that's been rampant, you know, in our, in our country and in our businesses in the past. Yeah, and, and so, here in, go ahead. Doesn't it really oh, okay, make okay. sense I, this is Deborah chiming in, and I'm sorry if I stopped you. I, I just, you know, I'm just kind of jumping in and saying, doesn't it really make sense? If something isn't working in the economy, why not try a sustainable program? Why not buy local, w- w- make it work from the ground up? Well, there, there's so much history working against the folks that, I mean, they're really, and I agree with Alexa, there's so such a connection to, old politics to yeah. all the, you know, the, the intermingling of who the people are that actually probably represent the, the green chamber in the U versus where do those people come from? It's all part of the same community. And there is a lot of history working against them uh, money, I, and money and, and money too. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. A feeling of an entitlement too. Well, you know, a funny thing, I went to the Island my mom was raised on and I can remember thinking, Oh man, you know, I've got this great cell phone and I can reach people all over the world and that island, when I, we were at dinner with some family members, and they were saying, oh, yeah, we didn't even bother with the wires or any of that. We went straight to mobile phones. We got these little tiny ones right here in our pockets. And I had this big chunk of a thing, you know. It was like the size of a brick. <laughs> so it sounds like what you're alluding to there is the fact that they something built from the ground up later can be a more modern product. And, and yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. For those that uh, maybe not, did not connect the dots there, Paul, did you have something you wanted to add there? Basically, we all have to take steps to get there, too. But then after we've gotten to a point and we've 
perhaps abused some of the uh, resources and uh, businesses may be taking advantage of it. We have to step back and take a look at the impact and how we can do it better in the future. Well, that's kind of what the Texas Green Network is about, and 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 I know the the Green Chamber uh, of Commerce in San Francisco as well. Um, and uh, I'd like to thank Alexa for joining us. We're gonna we have a few minutes left, and we'd we'd like I'd like to go ahead and uh, talk a little bit again about the event that's coming up for folks that may have missed it. Um, what led to this whole conversation today is a celebration among the Texas Green Network community. We have, we're, we're coming up on 2,200 subscribers now. I remember, I, Paul, I was so excited. I remember when I, when, <clears throat> when I saw that 50 people were getting our emails. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw that 100 people actually wanted to hear what we had to say, I was blown away. So we've got a long way to go, and there are so many more people we can reach out to. But it, it's, it's exciting for me that 2,200 people are now tuning in every time we send an email. And, uh, but anyway, the Texas Green Network 50th event is going on this coming Wednesday, August 31st from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. It's being hosted by our friends at the Bar Mansion. We've got a host of, of uh, sponsors, including a local pizza showcase that we talked about a few minutes ago that will have Promise Pizza, Brick Oven, Conan's Pizza, and the Bar Mansion all showing us their wares and letting us taste their wares. Uh, and then Delish, Delish Cupcakes, Nurturist, Sessa Teas, Main Root, and several others will be sponsoring the event as well. But if you want more information on our 50th event, it's going to be available at texasgreennetwork.org. And um, if you are interested in more information, you can uh, check it out there. Uh, but that's really what led to this conversation today. And I'd like to thank our, my co-hosts for indulging us in having that conversation, not only about TGN, but just about the concept of the Green Chamber. Yeah, you were a co-host co and a guest today. I'm a hybrid today. That's <laughs> right. Hybrid. Yeah. And, and uh, Alexis, if you're still there, maybe you can give us a website that people can find information about your organization. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, you can find out more about us at greenchamberofcommerce.net. Oh. And I want to thank you all so much for the opportunity to be with you today. I'm so impressed by the fantastic community that you've built out there and just really appreciate your efforts to enhance the success of green businesses and share great, great practices there. Well, we likewise, we feel that you guys are part of a, a really important, powerful force. So we, the same, same sentiments go back to California there. Yeah. And thanks for being with Thank us, Alexa. You. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. And Paul, Thank thanks for much. stopping by as well. Thank Appreciate you for having your time. me. You have been listening to Shades of Green Energy recorded live at KOOP 91.7 in Austin, Texas.